let's go. All right, welcome to uh, episode five of the Arizona Streaming Podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Acosta, and my guest today is Craig Watts Jr., who is a new friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for maybe a couple, about four or five months. Yes, yeah, uh, right. another uh, another connection with Megan Malone, who was a previous guest on this podcast. So, um, Craig, like Kevin Bacon of Phoenix, right now. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> Craig uh, and I have had many in-depth conversations. Uh, about really random stuff. So I feel like this podcast will be really fun. Um, we don't really have a structure to it. Um, so a little backstory, what I just found out was Craig grew up in Germany. Uh, how old were you when you were living in Germany? Yeah, so... Welcome, Craig. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Nick. Great introduction. And so, yeah, so I'm actually... Both my parents are Okay. And so, as an army grad, we moved around, and we ended up in Germany three separate times. Okay. And so I was there from like like one to four. I don't remember that. And then from like five to nine, which are like for me were very. I mean, those are like calling your first memories. So like I right. have a lot of you know obviously memories from that. So that's how I get to the no drinking ice thing. Yeah, we were just uh, discussing yeah. a couple things. I wish we would have started this podcast a little earlier because we were already fifteen minutes in on some conversations, but. Uh, yeah, they do not have ice in Germany. That's pretty yes. insane. So they don't believe in uh, in free refills, right? Okay. So, I, I don't. No, I did not I, know I'm that. I'm very, very averse to sounding uh, like I'm patronizing people, so I'll often stop and be like, "Are you?" No. So I, I was unaware. Yeah. So free refills is actually an American idea, right? And what it's designed to do, it's it's from buffets. It's the buffet okay. mentality. Yeah. Where liquids are super cheap, you can fill up the patron on that. They'll leave without eating the more of the expensive item Got unless it. you get it out. And so it's become more of a thing too, just in restaurants in general. Yeah. But in Europe, you pay per drink, you know. So if you get a if you get a Coke, right, right. it'll be two euro fifty. Okay. You you finish that, the next one will be another two fifty, <laughs> right? And so okay. the, you when it's a half a liter, you they give you to the it comes to you in the, the brim, brim. Yeah. It's literally to the brim and there's no ice because I pay for it. So you right, know, you're gonna so, get the full soda. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's equivalent of like when you order, you know, like a, like a Stella here or something, mm -hmm. and they bring you the glass. Yeah, with the, yeah, you're supposed to do with the knife over the top. Yeah, yeah. Foam. Yeah, but the whole, the, just the fact that it's a finite amount, oh, okay. you paid for that, you know. Right. I wouldn't short you with a beer and an ice, right? It'd be like the draft is. That's true. Of, you know? Okay, that makes that makes complete sense. Yeah, just so, related to beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I had to put it in terms of something we buy, you know. A la carte, as opposed to a refilling type yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, so. makes complete sense. So, so from up to nine, you were in Germany. Then where'd you go from there? Yeah, so from nine, we got so we were in Bamberg, Germany, from like five first first grade to the middle of fifth grade, and then the middle of fifth grade, we moved to Fort San Houston, okay, in San Antonio, Texas, okay, and then we were there from what. Well, it's easy for me to remember grades because, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I don't say, remember names. I don't like even like uh, years that you should be in a certain grade. I'm like I can put it together, but take take me a minute or two. A lot of math, right? <laughs> so, uh, so from the middle of fifth grade until the middle of ninth grade, 
was in uh, San Antonio, and then we had a station in Fort Sam. Or I'm sorry, Fort Hood. Okay. In Colleen, it's about two hours north of Fort Sam, and that's where I would go and graduate. Okay. And then that's and that's why I call Texas home. Yeah. Because I've been there since ten. Yeah. But you know, Texas is a very like. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure the stereotype holds itself, right? Texans do not allow me to claim Texas because I was not live in there. Like, oh, okay. You know, but I, I'm like, what else do I call? Yeah, you know? And so it's one of those kind of contentious subjects. Every time I come back home, I always get some sort of flag for it. But that's what I call it. Um, back to going back to Germany. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is you are very uh, intelligent and you majored in history. Oh, thank you. Um, so... Going back to Germany, did you get to even realize as a kid like what what that was, like what that was about? I mean, nine is pretty young to maybe put that together, but looking back, do you maybe like see? So a little bit, I I had the fortune of going back at sixteen and seventeen as well. That's cool. And so my parents actually split in ninth grade, which is why. Okay. So that's how I ended up in hood, right? Yeah. Um, both my parents were active duty, and so when you're together, your orders stay together. Right. If you're no longer together, you're only can go wherever. Boom. Yeah. And so my mom was assigned to Fort Hood. My dad was assigned to um, Kaiserslautern, a base in Germany. Okay. And so my third time going back was there. And so when I would go visit him, I'd go back. And so I think the third time is probably when I had the most ability to be aware of the situation, the survey. Because as a, as a young child, Zero understanding of the rarity of the situation. Yeah. You know, yeah, I you, thought you're like, you have no idea. Right. Like it was weird for me to go to a civilian school right. where everyone's parents weren't in the military. Like right. I remember the first time finding out that other people's parents had different jobs. Yeah, we're not a part of the service. Right. Like yeah. it just it just did not like it obviously like, I'm not saying like it was foreign, but it was like yeah. So what do you do when you go home? <laughs> you know, like you mean tell me your mom's home all day? Yeah, seriously. All day? You know? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so fast forward to being 16 and 17, I think I had much more of an understanding and much more of an appreciation for culture. Yeah. You know? And like uh just having conversations with strangers, right? Going into German markets as opposed to getting everything on base, right? Right. <clears throat> because typically when you live on, on base or in a, in Germany, mm-hmm. everything is on base. Um, yeah. You never have to leave, right? I've but been to we, Camp Pendleton a couple times. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, you completely understand. Yeah, it's like a city within itself. Right? For sure. Closed off. And so my first time uh, being there was also, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling and jumping all over, but it's relevant as I think about it. We were uh, doing it's all part of one story, right? It all come together. <laughs> I, I I like to think of my brain like uh, Google Chrome tabs, <laughs> like when you get in that rabbit. It's easy to it's easy to associate yeah. with that since we use that so often. Yeah, yeah. You just keep like open that new tab, course. open yeah. new tab, and then you have like 50 open. Yeah, I'm, my my daily know. life is about like 75 tabs. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, so when we were there when I was in elementary, was during 9/11. Okay. And so, oh, man. yeah, so base really became like you don't leave base, right. like you know, and yeah. so um, you rarely all go on base unless you're doing something explicitly to explore. It's like sure. a plan. Yeah, you know? I remember San Diego was pretty locked down because we but got see, uh, Miramar, we got Camp Pendleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was. 
not, not super high alert, but yeah, it was. You know, and so, um, okay, so I actually don't know anyone who, it's interesting to hear, that's the one seminal moment we all have, you know, yeah. where everyone's like, I know where I was, I know where I was, you know. I don't know anyone who lived near bases, but wasn't on one. Cause like, I know people who were straight up civilians, right? People were in the service, but like for me, my experience, I've never known anyone who was like, it was like for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so did you feel like there was like a, a military presence increase around the greater San Diego area or like, no. you know? Um, um, no, I mean, and I was still pretty young. I was in seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. I was uh, seventh grade. Um, but I do remember like, yeah, coming down, I, I woke up and all the, the TVs were on in the house and my mom was just like sitting on the couch and just literally all, everything was unfolding right there. Yeah. And it was wild. And I, yeah, that's crazy how yeah, there are those, how there are those moments that everybody in, yeah, everybody asked them what, how, what they were doing it's September like the, 11th. It's like really tied together for everybody. Like, yeah. It's, it's super, a very little, it's super, super weird, but, um, but I mean, San Diego has, is always had a huge military presence. Yeah. And so I, I just remember, you know, hearing, yeah, the, you know, bases being maybe locked down a little bit tighter, yeah. security, you know, everything. And that went with everything with airports. Cause you know, we were basically an international airport right across from Tijuana. So, yeah. Yeah. um, it just, yeah. everything got a lot more security based. Just, um, a word. Right. Kind of this, yeah. And kind of the same sentiment, like even though we're abroad, yeah, we're in a, we're in a, um, an allied state, right? It's not like we're, not like my dad was a diplomat and we were at, like, you know, Uzbekistan, right? <laughs> which is, you know, still not a bad place to be. Right. But it's not, not the greatest California. Place. Right, know? exactly. So, you know, it was just a bit more tight, but, you know, but fast forwarding to my ability to have that appreciation for exploring, going off into the market, you know, using euros, the exchange rate, yeah. you know, haggling and trying to use rudimentary German. Right, all that Man. stuff. I think I had more of an appreciation the second time, and then as I've gotten older, yeah, it's grown, it's aged more and more. It's it's been because in the, in real time when you're a kid moving around, it's the worst thing in the world. Right, right? you're just uprooting all of the work that you just put in every time. Right. Yeah, I, I can't mean, even imagine. And I don't know if this is a commonly known thing. Something about military kids love to fight too. <laughs> love to fight the new kid it's just a thing yeah and so it's a very turbulent time you know and so i think though as i've gotten older i appreciate what diversity did for me as far as my own development my own you know understanding yeah. to you know growing up and figuring things out enlightenment yeah, yeah seeing things you know from a european perspective like being an american in europe it's very weird to me to even look at fellow Americans being so we're so centrist and like focused on what you know like we think we're the center of the world, right? Right. Like like even when it comes to sports, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a joke that's like we call ourselves the world champion, but we don't play anyone else in the world. You know, and that's fine, right? Yeah. That's the biggest league. But like a boxing match will take place, right? Right. And it'll be prime time for the East Coast audience. Yep. You're not even realizing there are people in England in the stands watching the fight. Right. It's three, 3 in the morning. Yeah. And we it doesn't even register. It's not even, yeah. You know? It's, it's literally built around the American. And 
and that yeah. And so because of things like that, like it blows my mind to see us not notice things like that, you know. Yeah. And so I think I just have a bit of a you have an outside perspective for sure. An out an insider's outside perspective, right? Because I I get it, right? Yeah. I'm leading the charge, like. Of course it should be at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. You, you're lucky we gave you the fight. You know, yeah. People are in America ready <laughs> right. to watch yeah. this fight. Yeah. We'll take it back. Don't be ungrateful, England. You know? <laughs> but but it's the same type of idea of like, don't you think they want to sleep? You know? Yeah, I think about that too. Like, you know? yeah, we yeah, when they were in Australia, UFC was in Australia. I'm like, it's like two o'clock when it's even starting. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, like this weekend. You, this yeah. weekend they're fighting in New Zealand. Oh, that's right. right. And I looked because I assumed that I was as the as the addicted fan that I am, I assumed I was gonna have to wake up at an ungodly hour, you know, to watch the 14 hour time difference. Yeah. Nope, they're just gonna be fighting at right. breakfast time, right. apparently. You know, that's just what they're gonna and I think that's such like a crazy concept that we don't even appreciate. Right. You know, because they're American fighters, half of them. Right. But to go, oh, you know, and so yeah. it's wild to me. It's it, even on like how, like, even living on the East Coast in comparison to the West Coast, you know, coming mm-hmm. from, from California, and yeah. I'm still Arizona Southwest. So, like, sporting events are so late out there. <laughs> I, that is way past my bedtime. I mean, how games aren't even starting. Primetime TV. What's up? Don't y'all like tape delay, like, primetime shows? Like, if a show came on at 9 Eastern, doesn't it, like, it doesn't come on at 6 there. Doesn't, don't you guys wait till 9 again for some certain Yeah, things? yeah. Unless, I mean, traditionally back in the day, like, before DVR and stuff like that, when it would air, it would air, like, yeah, 9 and then again at 6, which would be, or 9, like, which would be California. Time. Right, right. But sporting events, like live events, like yes. that. Like, now, that one is obviously yeah. is what it is. Because, I mean, they're starting until 8 o'clock. It's like past midnight by the time the game's over. You know, I appreciate it, though, but, on the West Coast, man. But people on the West Coast are just built different. Like, their their time zones are different. Like, I, so I used to process for uh, Florida, and I would wake up and basically be working here from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sure. Um, to be on their business hours. Sure. They were like... <clears throat> they're they're so much more later in the day people like they're not even finishing their day to like oh, nine or ten are you are you saying that whereas california finishes life, their day at like six like when the sun the goes down is yeah. very for sure would, would you say that that californians are early risers though <laughs> uh no so, yeah i mean not everybody so yeah just, new york is yeah very much. So they're really right. I think I I do see what you're saying. They're much more the the the, the style. Well, which way? Which one's the chicken or the egg here? Right. Right. Does the? I mean, obviously, it's time zones are going to be. Because of the That's what I'm saying. If if they're just used to the East Coast time zones of starting at eight o'clock and like you know prime time games aren't even starting yeah, until eight. Yeah, but rhythms are real. Thing, right? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. They're just pe- they're used to staying up later. Whereas, yeah, okay. so whereas saying, California sporting events start at six, they're usually done by like ten at the latest. So they're, I mean, they're they're not as done. They may stay up. Causation like, or correlation, right? Yeah. Because I feel like you're saying that because shows are on later, that people are like, we have to deal with. No, it. I'm just saying everyone that, just get used to staying up late, I, and because of I don't, yeah, like you said, is it the chicken or the egg? Yeah, yeah. Is it because <laughs> of TV or is it because? And honestly, TV is because. There's yeah. an argument for both, right? Because yeah. we're the most, I mean, look at society and how media driven it is. That's 
If they tell you it's on at one, you'll be up at one. Yeah. You know. Not me. I just recorded it. I time. much appreciate the sporting one. Except I can't say that. So I would I just said I would record it and watch it in the morning. No. And Prescott so in Prescott this last <sighs> weekend, uh Supercross was on. I literally okay. tried to pull it up on the iPad, couldn't do it. I pull it up on my phone. <laughs> this is the first time I watched Supercross on my phone. Isn't it the most like and my yeah, <laughs> we were staying in my in place. I'm like Man, you just watch a TV show like a uh, sporting event on your phone. Like I just was never that guy. Yeah. But, but honestly, like if I don't, oh, and then I'm on. Guy? What do you mean that guy? Like that? I don't know. Like instead of spending time with my family, I'm oh. on my phone watching watching Supercross. <laughs> but I don't see it like that, man. I see. Honestly, like... it's because if I don't watch it, or I at least don't find you know like, the results. I didn't watching it. So then that, oh, because okay. if I don't, then I go on social media. It's literally black. Like I follow a ton of super cross. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it just, I get blasted with it and lose that. You know? No, 100%. I, I know exactly what you mean. Cause you can't watch, like I don't, I can't watch all the fights all the time. Right. right? And so I'll try to, especially if they're on at a time where I'm doing something. Right. I do my best mm-hmm. to try to keep the results out of my life. Right. But it's, and if there's it's yeah, so hard. if there's yeah, if there's like a, a really close race where like there's points, there's it could be a swing between two or three people, and I want to see the results and I want to see the race, then I will actually try and stay off my Instagram until I see it. But it's hard. How like, often do you make just that mindless mistake? Oh, dude, you... I've it's happened multiple times. Literally, like, when I was <laughs> a couple years ago, I did it this weekend. <laughs> literally, just yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not really at social media. Yeah, and then just yeah, picked it up. Slid first thing I see, I'm like, oh, come on, man. But I did it. So I did it uh, this weekend. There was uh, the main event was the guy named Corey Anderson versus Black Okay. When I'm getting to the point where I'm actually about to be live with it, yeah. and I am live and I'm in the coming event, but something wild happened when I was in the bathroom. <laughs> and so I rewind it because I was like, I have, because I heard it. Yeah. But I was like, I need to see this. Right. right. And so. In that time where I'm rewinding and trying to find it, I accidentally like exit. Big hubbub. I end up getting back to the spot though. Just like aimlessly, I'm like, I open Instagram because I see a notification. Yep, that's it. I, and, I get and you, and man. Instagram knows uh, what the hell to do. It is so insane. It's, Instagram it's, and Facebook, they know exactly what to do. Where I was so upset. Like the very first, it, go, it was like the last thing I looked at. Yeah. Like, you know that old photo that you were looking yep. at? And then it's refresh and it's a at least, winner by knockout. Yeah. Like, Come no, on. Yeah. <laughs> at least now they do like the new post button. Like if you want it to go up, it will usually stay. Nah, fam. Mine <laughs> mine's just like, you open this again? All right, let's see what's new. Oh, we got and just go straight. If through. I like have mine open and then like I close out, if I open it again, it'll go to what I was looking at and it'll have a little button that says new posts above it. And that, so then it will scroll me to the top, but it will just keep me. I mean, it doesn't happen 100% of the time, but it does happen maybe like Maybe I'm not paying attention because normally I think it's because I'm crashing the app. And so, you know, like, oh, like closing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm closing yeah. it. Then, and then, then, yeah, that, then it will start. Yeah, it will be like, it'll be just that glass. Are little you one of those where you close but everything? I close stuff that if I'm to try to tell myself to not come back to it. That makes sense. You like you're mean? closing out. Yeah, your tabs. Closing yeah, your tabs exactly. Out, so like if I close it out of the recent one, I'm like, there's a reason I did that. Ignore it. And then I put the apps in mind and I was like, notification. Yeah. I got to clear that red circle. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I'm not guilty of that <laughs> yeah. so much, man. I go through literally wake up, go through each and every one of my notifications. <laughs> like, 
clear this, clear emails. What do I need to work on? Clear that out. Okay. Yeah. Text messages. What do I need to answer? All right. See, yeah, I'm like that. Facebook, for Instagram, so or yeah, Snapchat. I'm, I'm like that for things where people can get in. Like I, I'm really, really um, obsessed. Like I, I hate the idea that I'm blowing anyone off. Yeah. You know. And so I do that for anything that's correspondence related. Yeah. My email. Don't look at it. No. And if you don't have like see my with my job, I check my work email. Mm -hmm. So it's come to evolve. Like that's how I treat like that's how that's my work log. Like my inbox is how I determine and work my day. Right. Um, so if I not need it, I file it away. If I you know have to get something for something special, then I'll leave it so I can remind myself as I go through it later that I need to do it. So it just has evolved to handle my personal email as well. Mm. And so, cause it's right there. So I'm just like, I still see you, numbers yeah, yeah, on yeah. there. And Lynette has like, this is like one of the people that has like thousands, like 5,000 yeah. emails. And I'm like, but just see, delete them all. Like you're not even going to look at them. Just delete them all. You know, I, there's, <laughs> you know how much space that's taken in your phone? See, see, here's the problem. You think it's irrational right now. <laughs> cause that, that makes sense, right? Because I do that sometimes with old files. Yeah. Like I'll have like George bullets and I go, I've been holding on to this stuff with the assumption that maybe something's important. Yeah. But clearly, nothing has been important. I haven't touched it in two what? years. Why so, do I need to keep it? Oh, no. And it's happened where because, like, I'm pretty sure that I had something that I needed. And or, I or the one time you go, like, and then you search and you go, oh. I'm glad I left him, but and yeah. then, so that's that. But it's it's such a good feeling though when you're like that can't find it, can't find it, yeah. and then you find it. And you're like, I knew I put it right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. So this is gonna be way off topic, but we're already off topic. Who cares? Well, it's one of those ones where it's like, how'd you get on that? But you'll get on. Speaking we'll of come losing, back to center. Speaking of again. losing things, right? I almost had like I realize I'm getting more to dad stage. Yeah. The more and more I notice how I handle various situations, right? Yeah. And so, like uh, recently, we thought a garage clicker was lost. Okay. But lost in a way where it might be in the possession of another human being. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down. And so I, I was now in like a I have to protect my house. <laughs> My family is in here, and a human, another person may be able to enter my abode. Yeah. With a, you know, and so like I was furious for like twelve hours until it was found, but I was trying to like keep it calm because I, what I was just mad at was the idea <laughs> that someone might break into my house. Yeah, I mean, that's no, a, no real threat. No, no one's could, mad at me. Did you know who could potentially have it, or you're just saying it could have been lost? In the fact that it's okay, so here's what happened. Getting <laughs> down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, well, because it's backstory in the world too. <laughs> There's always backstory. So I wake up and I always go in the garage and get my dog's food bowls ready. Right. It's just like part of my yep. And usually around that time, before I do it, I open with the second clicker, I open the garage, go in there, do it all. Right. But the garage door was open when I went to do it. So I was like, maybe I did it. And so, oh, I hate that. right. So now I'm already kind of like bothered by myself for being carefree. Fast forward to we're about to leave, and I convinced myself that I just did it. Right. So we're about to leave, and Morris going to get in the car, 
And she goes, did you close the garage? And I go, no. And so she's standing in the garage. I'm standing in the house and the garage door closes. And so now I'm like, okay, this doesn't help my previous. Yeah, I'm already paranoid. <laughs> I'm already there. Now there's ghosts in the house. Right. And now I'm like, I'm about to leave for work. Like, I don't want my. I can't, yeah, I right. Can't I like, can't. So we eventually go to find out that it was in, she had actually put it in the dryer. And so. It was running through. It was running through. And so it was hitting the wall and like over. But like, I had to like change like my camera at the house to like look at the garage (laughs) in case it's open. I could be like, 911, I'm looking at my desk. Someone is breaking. Get there now. You know? And so, uh, yeah, that that, that misplacing paranoia is something that is, you know, at all costs, you have to. Ah, it's the most helpless feeling. Right. Because I don't, you're not. Attending to the absent I've gotten really good, uh, and it's taken some process, but um, of really having a handle on my things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I've, I've misplaced stuff, but it just, yeah, usually just give me anxiety. You can't find it. So oh, I've really been worst. good at putting it in the same spot. You know, if it's not yeah. there, then it's in, I try and retrace my steps. But yeah, it's that. It's, it's really bad. But all right. So back to kind of the, what we were talking yeah. about. So, Basically finished out growing up in Texas, you lived in Germany a little bit. Um, you went to college in North Texas? Well, geographically in, in, in North. So North Texas is a school. Okay. I went to a school called West Texas a and okay. but it's in North Texas. So um, a, a map would help people. But like <laughs> the Panhandle, Panhandle right, yep. up into where Oklahoma touches, that's where I went to school. Okay. So south of Amarillo. Okay. Um, 10,000 students, maybe up to now, Division II school. The fight in Buffalo is going to blow. Fight in Buffalo. Uh, was the meeting, fighting in front of the... the no, game. but I, I, I'm a big Stephen Colbert fan. <laughs> and uh, he used to do a series called Better Know Our District, yeah. where he would interview congressmen. And for every district, he would say, the fight in 51st. So whatever the... Oh, just... Was, yeah. He was just, <laughs> that's awesome. Every district was the fight and whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> and so any mascot, I just called him the fight. You know. Um... So played football. So for yeah. those of you who don't know, Craig is a football player. Uh, played with my favorite team, San Diego Chargers. What's up? A couple of years, and then finished out with the Jets. Yes, sir. Okay, so um, you played guard. Yeah, yeah. So I played guard throughout my entire career. Okay. Um, so I mean, you're, you're you're a football man yourself. You know the progression kind of of the like old lineman. Like, yeah. Like there's no such thing as like. You play everyone that position. You what, play everything. What, but in high school, though, it's particularly like everyone was either a center. You were either if you're a center, you played center. Yeah. Or everyone was a tackle. Yep. You know, like you rarely see <laughs> rotation. Right. Right. And so um, I was a tackle in high school, and when I came into college, um, was and then got moved to guard. Um, we were much. We were very pass heavy offense. So the philosophy was tackles are long. Yep. You know, and they're going to be playing in space. Yeah. Guards would be more stout. And, you know, kind of hold down the middle. And when we do run, that's where we're going. Right. And so I got recruited there barely. Um, actually, it's funny. I always think of, like, my football journey is like a, like an inverted triangle. Right. Okay. Like. Start very broad and come to a specific point. Um, so that's how most people kind of, that's like, the, the that's the traditional journey. Right. But for me, it was backwards. Oh, where like, I was looking at it upside down. Yeah. You look at it. Right? You look at it. Inverted <laughs> triangle. <laughs> But, uh, cause like, 
I only played, I was only on varsity for one year. In okay. School, right? So Senior year? Yeah, just my senior year. Really? Mm-hmm. So did you, and you were JV junior? Or did JV. you only play football? No, 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 I was on JV my junior year, my sophomore year. And then my freshman year, I was on actually the C team. What is that? So, this, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. They don't have that in California. Right. So it's exactly right. So what, what do you think it is? So I, we call it a freshman team. How many? Okay. So, but we have varsity, yeah, university, yeah. and then freshman. So I'm assuming C is like a, a third squad, your freshman. Yeah, team. yeah. So we had, uh, all right. So before, remember I moved in the middle of my ninth grade year? Yeah. So the two schools I moved from, I literally, my mom didn't believe in missing school days. So okay. Like, I withdrew from Judson High School in San Antonio yeah. on like a Tuesday. Okay. We drove up and I enrolled in Colleen High School Wednesday morning. Oh, man. There was no Rosalind didn't play Mr. School. Like you gonna go <laughs> yeah, to school. You got, you know? Yeah. And so we're with, moving, but you gotta start school. Yeah, <laughs> this ain't gonna get away the education oh, time. Yeah. So so we got up to the so I enrolled in the new school. And but before the old school Judson, enormous school. Okay. Five thousand students. Okay. And so the football team, there were two of each team. There was there were there was there was varsity. Yeah. Then there was junior varsity, okay. which would usually have a red and a white team. Then there was sub varsity, which would might have two teams. And then there was the freshman team, which okay. would either be a it'd be an A and B team for sure. And then if they had enough for spillover, it'd be a C. But C would typically be combined into B for game purposes. Okay. Because very few teams could fill the C. Right. And so, and I eventually by the end of the year made my way up to B and was on the B. Um, but yeah, I was. It was a rather late bloomer. Oh, I told. I warned you on that chair, man. Yeah, you did, <laughs> I warned you, you on that chair. Yeah, you started getting comfortable leaning back a little too much. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so I, I was. I was not exactly the most prolific player at any point. Really. So for me, uh, going on to uh, you know WP, I, I changed positions I, you know, out of necessity, but um, that kind of began the start of like where my football career took off because from that point on it was from that point before yeah it was just like so who wants to let me play football yeah you know? yeah for real. and then it was honestly just like I, I i i really started playing football mostly to fit in okay you know because makes sense well because i moved from from uh from germany right right and so there isn't football for children that age um and so I was playing every other sport but that. Okay. And then so I come to Texas and soccer was just not going to happen. I mean, you come to Texas. Yeah. yeah of all the it. states, right? It's not like we got a station that like yeah. it was McCord in Washington, <laughs> right? I might be a, a mean lacrosse player, <laughs> you know, had that been where we moved. But right. But you moved to Texas. You moved to Texas. And, you know, and, and, and that's not, yeah, you're going you go, you, you go to football. Right. You know, so. I started playing football and uh, and I kind of also felt like it was a requirement, you yeah. know. Like my I, my dad's a huge football fan, and my brother played football, okay. and so for me it was just like this is what I'm supposed to do, you know. But like I wasn't really watching football. Like I remember thinking that this is how on the end of football I was as a child. Child, I thought blitz was more fun to play. Because I could, there, there were way less rules. Yeah, Madden seemed like the most unenjoyable thing on earth. To me. That makes sense. And you know? I, I grew up quite the opposite because I was like, no, Blitz is, <laughs> there are rules. Yeah. You're offside. <laughs> exactly. How's this guy on fire right now? 
But no, I completely get it. And that's kind of like, so I played football really young. I yeah. started when in Mighty Might, which I'm assuming was like five or six. Okay. Maybe, yeah. And so I played. Who's George? Uh, it was mine. It was, okay. Uh, yeah. My, I mean, my dad was your tour? No. No, it was more of like you play sports. Yeah. Or, okay. yeah. Well, at that point, you couldn't have a job. So you, you play sports or you join band or do something. Get the lemonade stand up. Yeah, seriously. So I played baseball. Um, you know, I, I like baseball. I really wish I continued to play baseball. I stopped playing um, after Little League, like when I got to high school. But um, played Mighty Might and then loved it and then played. You guys only two sports? Yeah. Yeah. I, always, I did not. I was never a basketball guy. Yeah. Um, soccer was not our thing. Um yeah, it's in just really nothing else. I uh, I always wish I would play baseball simply because I've had a lifelong jealousy of baseball players. I bet. <laughs> like that just that, that work to chill ratio was yeah. something to behold. It's man. cool, you yeah. know. It's 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 a crazy sport. Like uh, kind of talk thinking about it like as a kid and then as an adult. Like it is a crazy sport. You literally play like so such a long season and it's, it's so. It's, it's so high intensity and then it's so mellow. And then it's so high intensity and right. it's so mellow. And it's like the long game. It's like a chess match and it's crazy. And the, the amount of money in it is insane. Yeah, it's a very weird dynamic. And it's what I don't It's such an old game. Like, it's so basic. Like, it just, it because maybe because it's such an American pastime where. You know, you do play as a kid in the in the street. It's so like running from base to base and just like it's a simple game, but it's so mm, it's so analytical now. Yeah, well, that and it, that's the, it's, and that's it's, what makes it weird to me. Like just like no, nah, let me tell you, you got to go with this pitcher because right. he's a left handed guy, right? And he does better against these three because statistically, yeah. of course, last season number <laughs> like I just, like you know, it, it takes out the fun sports. I think sports touches you in your heart because it 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 reaches into that central thing of you versus me. A victor will arrive, and it, it right. will it'll it's like a it's a callback to that gladiator. Yeah, one v one or team v team, and one will rule because of a because of a superiority, right? Not because of a gaming of the game, you know. And so I think it kind of takes off the, the mystique of. What it is competition? Because it's like they just bought the team, right? You know. Well, and and that's why I love college football. Mm. Like, I, mm. so I grew up a diehard Chargers fan. My my grandpa was a Chargers fan. You're uh, Aztec fan? Uh, yeah, I like Aztecs. I mean, my uh, my grandpa, on my mom's side went to San Diego State. Like olives. I like olives. San Diego, nobody knows San Diego State, and like except for this year, obviously, because they're twenty five to no or whatever in, right. in basketball, but. Um, but college football, man, like it's just so much, it's so much more passionate. It's so much more fun. Yeah. It's so much better to watch than mm-hmm. NFL. I don't have a team. That's the cool thing. Man, like, you know, I was just going to say, I always, I really regret not having, like that's one of the things yeah. about moving around. Right. That is a, that, that I, I do wish I, I, I am a very, I think that's why I like the UFC so much, right? Yeah. I'm a very bad fan because I have no ties. Right. And so the only thing. That I did. The only thing I was a legitimate fan of, like, like I like the Mavericks. Okay. I adopted them, but Dirk. I saw Dirk play in Germany before he came to America. That's dope. And so that's yeah, really so yeah. So when like he was playing for the IBM team in like two thousand, right? And I was, like, you know, and yeah. I remember being like, "What did you bad?" And then he came to America, yeah. and you know, the, Dirk is what it is, right? Yeah. 
And, uh, but that was like my basketball team. And then football, I was a diehard Ravens fan because my dad's family was from Baltimore. Okay. But then once it becomes, you know, and I'm kind of circling back to what we were talking about, once it becomes an occupation, fandom is... Yeah, I bet you it's pretty crazy. It's out the window. Yeah, yeah, you, like, you, you, you can't because it hits you right into your, your heart, right? Sure. It's like, you know, you, you're only setting yourself up to be let down if you continue to be a fan of someone who could very well break your heart. Yeah. You know, like you're really setting yourself up for, because it's already bad enough to get fired. Right. Yeah. That, there's so many different levels. Yeah. But it's hard. You just, I mean, it's got to be just let's, let's go to work and this is, yeah, no more fun or watching or, yeah, yeah. It's, so I'll tell you a funny story. Um, the first, so when I was in San Diego, um, they they obviously knew I was in, I'm from Baltimore. So we went to uh, we played the the Ravens, um, and this is my first my first my first year I was on Peace One the full year. Okay. And so I I knew I wasn't gonna be, and this would be another conversation for another day about like the dynamics of how like all the working with them go. Yeah, but sorry about it. Yeah, but you know, and we'll be there another time. But yeah. basically, this trip in particular, they were like, "Hey, you want to come with us?" And I was like, "Free weekend." Yeah, and normally, I didn't like to go on. Uh, like, I like the trips, but like the East Coast ones are long trips. Okay. And so I prefer to stay home and go work out. You know, just kind of chill. Right. Because you can't. You have to be at all activities. You know, I couldn't, because right. my mind, like, I need to get up and catch to those people. Yeah. I don't need to be here just hanging out. Right, like, exactly. As much, as much fun as it is, hanging out, flying, doing all the stuff, because sure. there's nothing better than a free trip. You know you ain't playing, and you just here. Yeah, exactly. I'll eat all the salmon, you know? Right. And so, <laughs> I, uh, and so, but, so I went to go visit the family, and uh, we were there, and I had, you know, another fun, another random fun fact. I played in the fucking four, I had been to one. Really? Yeah. Never, I'd never been to a game, and I, I played my first time in the stadium. I was playing it, you know. Damn. And so, damn, dude, that's crazy. And so, I was now at my favorite, like, I M and T. Right. Is like, you mean to tell me every right? You know. Yeah. So we're so I'm in M and T, and and the uh, so when you're when you when you're not. All right, fun, fun and little fact for it. When you're watching football, right? Everybody who's wearing beanies or like a sweater, obviously they're with the team, but they're typically just the deactivated guys for the day. Okay. Right? So even though a team has 53 people, right? Seven of those people have to be deactivated. Okay. So you they really only have. You only dress 46, right? You have to dress, you can only dress 46. Okay. So the seven people, they can be perfectly healthy, but they'll just be in street clothes. Got it. And so, and and then if you travel, some teams travel with these squads, some teams don't. And so, it you sometimes you'll just see a bunch. But if it's a home game, you'll see those people down there. Their, their team members are just not suited for that. Okay. Now, when your when your position is not in, you're obviously doing stuff, right? right? You're either working the surface, you're you know helping out with something, you're working on somebody, you're listening, you're coaching, right? So X Y Z, you're doing something. Right. When they're on the field, though. You're just waiting for them to come back, right? So you're kind of just observing the game. So like I'm sitting there and uh, it's like a challenge, a timeout or something. It's like third down. Like, I'm just kind of hanging up. 
<laughs> and like, I was like, this stadium. And my first thought is, this stadium is so much better than Qualcomm. <laughs> and yeah, I know, I know, I had to, you know the truth. Though. Yeah, yeah. So sure. I was like, because you're going to get a lot of people that are listening. They're like, God damn. I'm not wrong, though. Nope. Like, Qualcomm, I, my, t- my TV in my home is bigger than what Qualcomm was using. It's Trump. so bad. I mean, I remember going to Padres baseball games yeah. when they were in Qualcomm, and that was. Dude, that was yeah. they, you, that was oh cool. yeah, because uh, but Petco is yeah, Petco's not that yeah, old. Like ten years, ten or fifteen years. Wow. Um, so it was, that and that was when the Padres were raw when they had Ken or uh, Ken Caminetti, they had Tony Gwynn, oh, Gwynn yeah. um, Steve Finley. Were they Warden Brown? Those weird Brown. No, they were the the orange, <laughs> orange and white. I think it's such they, a random. It was why? before the brown, the why? brown, or no, after the brown. That's not your colors. Why aren't you wearing? Those? They're going back to the browns this, this year. <laughs> they did, didn't they? I don't think so. I think they've been rocking that blue Padres thing. That was for probably like the last seven or eight years. But yeah, oh, okay. they're going back to the Browns, which were like the oh. 80s colors. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is that big block funk. Yeah, I yeah. do like that one. I'm glad I remember so, that. But yes. Uh, you should do that. Yes. Uh, Qualcomm Stadium absolutely sucks. And yeah. It's crazy. Like I've, uh, so, fun fact. It was me, bad from the, from the wall. Like, it's, forward to, to the top row, which yeah. is not... You know, yeah, is. and so I actually played in a Pop Warner game at halftime of a Charger game in like '97 or '98. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty fun. It was literally four teams we just scrimmaged uh, mm-hmm. during halftime, and yeah, even just as a kid looking up, it's like even though you don't realize how <laughs> shitty of a stadium, yeah, it you is. didn't know at the time, right? Um, and then uh, Mission Hills went to a couple CIFs. I went, I went and was on the sideline for one, and so yeah, you get to see behind. Yeah, in the tunnels and it's it's garbage, man. Especially, it's so garbage. especially when you think of, and this is where I kind of <laughs> I'll get into these another time too. I, I came from a Division two school as well, right? And so when you come from a Division two school, like don't get me wrong, my team was wrong, and I was standing up there to death. But <laughs> we weren't the most lucrative bunch in the world, right. so like we just didn't have like you know like. When I got to San Diego, I thought I was like, this is the height of luxury. Like, you know, I was like, this is great. Then I saw another state where I was like, why have you been lying to me? Yeah. That this was perfect. This is not professional. Yeah. This is professional. MT is professional. But so I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, they got the LED strip going across the whole. Like, I'm I'm genuinely jealous that the stadium was just because they can do graphics packages. Oh, yeah, they can do anything. It's not just. And it's at this point that I lost my mind because they go, Third down, defense, and it's like, and like there's like two like gates closed on each of the jumbotron, and it's loud. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, oh, like we don't have this. Yeah, and then and then this chain link starts on like the, the, and the oh zone, and yeah yeah, and it goes all the way around. And I was just like, oh my god, right? But I'm trying to compose myself. Right. And then they start like defense, defense. And I catch myself like toe tapping, but like, I, like, no. I was just like, wait a minute, I am not a fan. Like, cause I just got caught up in like yeah. that. This, this is like my childhood. For sure. I dreamed of this literally my whole life. And I'm like, no, no, I can't be in that in this moment. Yeah. Man, that's so cool though. And so, that's super cool. But like, so I caught myself, made sure no one caught me slipping <laughs> and I kept going about my day. But you know, so that's it's, it, yeah, I think I've had a, a lot of weird. 
uh, non-traditional journeys, especially when it comes to football. You know, just like the fact, like I said, I I started triple the games in college that I did in high school. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of weird facts that like I had a scholarship before I had a letterman. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy. I had signed my national letter of intent before I got received my letter of intent. Dang. And so like this is a lot of like stuff that doesn't add up. Right. Like, well, if you you, know? Yeah, if you just you weren't even on varsity until your senior year, like that's pretty sport traditional as well. Brandy sport. I didn't make varsity track and, and like and here's the thing too is in Texas, you're not allowed to be on anything but varsity as a senior. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so, and I didn't actually know that was a rule. Only. I think that's the same in California. Some states, you could be on JV your whole career if, yeah. you, if you just, which is rude. Yeah, for real. Like <laughs> you know, let them travel. Let them, yeah, come on, bring them on So, I was, I was at the point, though, where I was able to compete in all the things, though. So, like, yeah. wrestling, track, football, um, and then, yeah, I didn't do anything else, but like those would have, you know, those ones, baby, baby, baby. Still got one with everybody, still crank, still cool, yeah, but I just wasn't, it? I never, I was never like, I wasn't the star athlete until way later in life. So it was very inverted. That's right? cool, man. You know? That's super cool. It's interesting because I think it gave me a very, you know, and this isn't going to be, I'm not the best at giving a biography because I'm very, very averse to sounding like, yeah, uh, I, I was yeah, I'm a football player, you know. Yeah, because it's there's a there's a stigma and a, and a stereotype that comes with it, right? Right. And you know, like that's why I said like one of these days I, we could talk about it only football, right? But I've always been very averse to leading with my, you know, and I think as I get older or se- separated from the game more, I'm able to not see it in such a way because it's just it seems arrogant like right. to lead off with that if it's not irrelevant for sure but i'm learning to accept that people do find it unique and interesting and that it is something that is a part of me that will always be yeah an indiscernible you know quality or you know i can't not that i want to separate it but i just don't like the idea that it becomes the conversation basis and i think right. i've talked with you on this before yeah if you, when you open with, I play football for a living, that's all people want to talk about. Right. right? And so, <laughs> and you know. And it gets old. Like, even as somebody that, yeah, has played football for most yeah. of their life and yeah, can yeah. talk football, like it's, it would get old. Well, you, well, one, you, you understand the stereotype of what it's like when people who don't think you have anti-athlete people, right? Okay. And so, if someone finds out you play football, they see, oh, you think you're that guy, right? right. And you yeah. actually become now... You just have to work harder right. to gain this person over or to be, you know, seen in a positive light because they may have an image of you pre, you know, preconceived, pre, yeah, preconceived in, their, in their mind. So for me, it's, and especially on a, on a level where it's, you know, it's the NFL, right? It's not like. It's a very hot subject. Like, yeah, it's very controversial. I mean, it could be. Like, the yeah. NFL nowadays is. Very, very controversial. You know what's funny? I don't get why. Just, I don't know, like, change. Like, it's Honestly, it's change. Like, that's what it is. Just constant change. The NFL has implemented change a ton, and people don't like it, or they just are stuck in, I don't know. Things have to change. Things, right, that's the world. Change, yeah, the change will occur, and it has to occur. Right. In fact, like, business 101, yeah. you innovate or die, right? But, you know, 
Um, but yeah, when it comes to you know my football journey, I think it's been very, um, it's been very non-traditional. Yeah, you know, to say the least. Well, and I was yeah, I didn't want to broach the subject. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I mean, that's something we have very much in common. But it is, and and I think I you're one of the few people I enjoy talking to in depth about because you get where a lot of things that what bothers me about talking. I'm sorry for you know kind of getting that part of your conversation. No worries. What, what bothers me, I actually love talking about football because I plan actually to get back. Like, right. I want to coach. Like, I really think my life's. I think. Coaching is a lot of fun. Man. I think, honestly, I'm honestly getting to the point where I think that everything I've done with football was simply to prepare me to be a coach. That's cool. I think that I would be a far better coach than I was a player. Right. Even at my even at my best, I will be 10 times the coach I was. So it's really interesting because I actually did coach for two years. Yeah. Um, I felt. I was I was kind of frustrated because maybe like a month or two into it, I was like, "Why did you not do this before?" Right. Like you, it the light bulb went off. I'm like, "You stupid idiot! You lost your chance. Like you could have been so much more aggressive. You could have learned your technique so much better. Like when you teach other people Dude. to do it, it it opens your eyes to how it's supposed to be done properly." The first lamb nail on the head like i started coaching this year for the first time yeah and like i'm very comfortable with not playing the game anymore. right mostly because my neck's been messed up yeah so yeah you just want to live comfortably injuries right? are hard yeah, yeah you don't want to smack in your head a, a whole bunch of times on right Sunday and so rough and so i'm but after coaching after showing you know various things and techniques like my just IQ of the game increased so tenfold, much. you know, yeah. and I could like you see the game like because mm-hmm. I mean that's what you don't see as a player is you you know you look at so many different things you look at point of attack you yeah. look at non point of attack and you know where what is the defense doing to your point of attack and then what are they doing to the everywhere else mm-hmm. and well you're too you're, you're too macro based yeah because you're focused on just the large goals. When you're the teacher, you have to own it on the micro. Right. right? And yeah, so you dissect you, it down mm-hmm. and you make it. Yeah, well, yeah. Coaches is, you know, it's it's understanding a, a, a subject so well that you have, you have comprehended it, absorbed it, and yeah. now you're able to break it down and relay it to an individual on a different plane and medium, you know? Yeah. And so I really, really think that coaching is like, you know, um, it, it helped me grow in the game. And it honestly helped me fall back in love with the game. Right. Because like, I still see it as just a business. For know? sure. There's no more fandom to it. Like, right. I can watch college as a fan, but the NFL me is just mm, nice right. twist. Well, and, and, and from, a, from a consumer... That guy's going to blitz, you know? <laughs> yeah, from a consumer perspective, like... I don't see the NFL. I see it as not football, just as a business. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I see, yeah, you know, I see it as and football, with but the, it's just different. Yeah, you know? with the the sour, you know, the sour taste in our mouth with the Chargers leaving, like that. <laughs> that is completely where it was just like, yeah, this is business. Like, so, no, no, nothing to get mad about. I mean, it is what it is. And are, are you are you not a? Did you not follow them in LA? I just like I kind of have fallen off the NFL altogether. Right. I mean, I do those I still follow it. Yeah. It, Happened to fall within the same area. Yeah. Um, it was rough, like, in even now. Like, I still follow them a little bit. Um, I don't have, like, NFL package to where I can watch all the games. So, sure. if they're on, I'll watch them. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, it is what it is. Like, I have, 
I still have a bunch of Chargers gear. All my San Diego friends give me a bunch of shit. Yeah. And like, you know, there it was a time in my life where you just It's still there. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's still in the heart somewhere. I am super bummed about my boy Phil though. That's my guy. What did you think of that? Yeah, it was inevitable. <laughs> you know. Um Phil's a great Phil's honestly one of those guys who you could probably show Phil a picture of me and he probably wouldn't know who I was because <laughs> he's met a million guys in his life. But Phil's one of those guys who he changed. I thought I learned a lot from Phil, whether you know it or not. He was a consummate professional. He's one of those people who, like, even though he didn't, like, he, like I said, he won't know a picture of me now, but yeah. every day when we pass him, I'm like, morning, Craig, right? That's cool. Like, he knows your name, knows about you, know, like, he, like, genuinely, the point we had a conversation. The highest person in the room to the lowest person in the room. Right. You know, he genuinely cared about everybody. And he was a good dude. And he's a guy who, prior to 2014, I thought he was the whiniest, babyest. <laughs> That's what I love, it, dude. I love everybody hates everybody hates I him. Couldn't. But when he gets like in the face of like refs, or he gets in the face of even a, like opposing defenders, like. Oh man, he's just so competitive. It's, like but that's, it's that's annoying. Not. And, and it's, it's because, not. Though. It's because he's my quarterback that I don't. I I enjoy that. But no. I can understand why people hate him because he is so damn competitive. I don't even I think it's it. the bias, man. Because like once I just understood that what he was doing, he's not complaining. He's just very competitive. He's, he's usually saying something very mild and neutral. Right. A lot of like. He's super religious, so you know he's not cussing. Not a single word. Yeah. Not a single cuss word to be found. Right. right. He's but like, very intense. Yeah, like, you know, you'll see him going off, and it's just a lot of, Dad Mahomes, Keenan, kiss the ball. You know, like, and, and he's not mad at anything. Right. But he's, you know, yeah. he's just super, like, what? Look at a driven, you know. He's just emotional. Yeah, and it's that's, beautiful that's what to makes see. It, that's what makes a great football player is an emotional person. More than that, though, like, um, man, I don't want to sound like a disparaging person there, but most people who are at Phil's level, they have a bit of psychopathy, you know, sprinkled into their drive. Yeah. Right. There's a bit of um, you have to be a bit. Of a, of, a, of a sociopath, right? In order to, why do boxers box? Right, and right? any you extreme know? athlete in that sense, you have to be a little batshit crazy. But mean. beyond that, right? You have to. It's, it's to quote the, the great Marvin Hagler, right? It's you know, it's hard to get up and run when you wake up in silk sheets, right? You've achieved the thing. He has a hundred million dollar contract, right? Yeah. And so the majority of the guys who are the upper echelons. In order for them to, they either, what happens every time you see a guy get paid in free agency? Right. What happens the next year? Yeah, not very good. Because they got, they have to the care, right? Yeah, right, yeah. And so, really and, I, and I don't mean this as malicious. They, they're not, uh, they're not out there scheming like, right? Yeah, to the stride. No, but they just life becomes easier, and you, sure. you, you don't, you just you, and now you're also being targeted as that dude, right? right. I locked down the guy who just signed for four by forty. What's that make me? Yeah, right? and <laughs> yeah, so exactly. it's a constant, you know, going. You got to watch it, watch it, you know, as much. But the, the the thing about um guys who are driven to that nature, Phil has a still. There's none of that, like like you'd hear stories about other guys who would 
you afraid to fart around because they'd be so <laughs> tight about yeah. stuff. You know, like there was no room no messing for around. Yeah, know. it's all business. And Phil was never. Phil was always like he was there. Command the hollow like a like a general. That's legit. But you still felt like that we were having fun. Right. You know, like we're playing a game. It yeah. was intense. This is still good. This is fun, this is right? Fun, exactly. You know? And so I think that's something I was. I really have. Uh, he Hogan. He he made the quote for. Uh, I think it was the 2015 season, and we all had like uh, the, the quote for the season was "Everything matters." Yeah, and it's I like that one. I had a shirt. Actually, yeah, that had yeah. That. And do you remember what the what it was though? Uh-uh. So what "Everything Matters" was was this concept of, and I actually try to still use it. It's one of those things where it's like. You hear stuff, and then years later, it resonates, and it builds, and yeah. it builds. Everything matters is basically just a reverse look at the philosophy of if I told you what you needed to do at the end of the journey, and I told you you would be here, you would do it, no questions asked. Right. But when there's the uncertainty of a finish line, we want to, it's easier to take that, mm-hmm, no, right. I won't, I won't, right? And so everything everything matters was a, was just the concept that if you need to get if it matters to you if winning the Super Bowl is what matters to you it, is your ankle hurt oh, you just went out right you, you you're going to see the trainer right, right. You, you're getting your ankle worked off if it was a Super Bowl could you play absolutely you know yeah well then why are you not treating it like it's now right because today's work will build in tomorrow's work. We'll build in tomorrow's work and every little thing matters. So whether you eat this meal versus that meal, whether I got 20 more minutes of sleep tonight versus staying up and playing a little bit more video games. Right. Right. Whether I had a soda, whether I had that. Every, yeah, every discipline. I did all my reps, right. Every little, everything matters, you know. And it was this, if you just slack, if you just slack off, you leave work two minutes early every day. Right. Well, by the end of the year, you know, you didn't take him. So that is a really, really, uh, that hits home with me right now yeah. because in my job, in my career, in my path, it's really a grind. Yeah. Like right now I'm building my brand. I'm building my uh, partnerships, my basically cultivating my entrepreneurship. And it is, it's, you're, you set a goal for the long term. You have strategies in between. And you basically have to hit those strategies every single day mm-hmm. and then not look at, hey, in three months, this is going to pay off dividends. Yeah. Like you have to literally just go in and day by day, everything matters. Go to the gym yeah. every day. Eat right every day. Yeah. And it's it's hard it's hard to live by. It, it's but, so hard, man. It's so hard. But like, it's so hard, but it's also so easy. It's just you have to commit to it. Compartmentalization, right? Right. Right-sized chunks, you know. Exactly. I find that what... what um, I'm having this conversation. Funny you say that because I'm having this conversation in my own life with, you know, I find myself way too often being like, uh, I feel like I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm very, very blessed to be surrounded by a lot of great friends and family and stuff, but I find myself being like often asked for, you know, advice and stuff of that nature. And I'm, yeah. I'm honored that people would have even, I don't know why you think you'd ask them. <laughs> no, but. I find this that that concept came up recently with somebody I was talking with, and it's this you know we have too much of a reward factor in our day to day life, right? Which we think like 
oh man, I did all the things I was supposed to do today. I should get a treat. I should get some ice cream. I, I need to get. Right? I love me some ice cream. And we and we we build. Yeah, we we lower the threshold of when we get to reward ourselves, right? Yep. And it feeds into obviously our you know little uh, reptile brains of food candy, food candy, right? And that and that that lowers it over over overall, right? Where mm-hmm. it becomes. I did look okay. I know I said thirty minutes of cardio, but I got a good sweat at twenty. Okay, and that's plenty, <laughs> right. you know. And it's very easy to make those concessions for sure. And hold that discipline, and so it's just like you're saying. It's easy to do if you cannot take the blinders off, right? But the second we go, I did all the laundry. Yeah. Yeah, cookies are on. You know, yeah. like that's you know, we we lower that threshold. Shout out to Urban Cookie. Hey, man, right? <laughs> um, no, it's true. It's like, and but also, I think uh, I also look at it that way. Where yeah, every you know, look at look at your day. Every decision is going to make a reaction. Yeah, and you just need to understand that if you just keep your head down, hundred days later, a year later, whatever, you're going to have what you were trying to achieve. But I also think that consistency plays a huge part of that. And if you show up and do those 20 minutes of cardio instead of the 30 minutes, it's much better than if you didn't do any cardio. This is true. This is true. So sometimes, yeah, if you are in that spot where you you aren't on that note, right? Do you think, though, that that plan B ability, right, that, that at least you did something, do you think that that breeds too much opportunity for the the degradation overall. So you got to have a strong mind, right? So, so there's got to be there's got to be a force for sure. Right? And I and I guess I'm putting myself in that perspective where like yeah, like and I've had that where like it's thirty becomes twenty. Becomes right. I'm actually good. Yeah, I I usually try to do thirty minutes and then I'll switch over and do the rower mm-hmm. for thirty minutes or not thirty minutes for uh, twenty five hundred meters. Oh, and it's that's a young but yeah. you also do endurance sports. Yeah. Do 30 minutes. And now that I don't have the cardio Dude, to I do it. I can't even do 15 minutes. I don't have the attention over. span. Because <laughs> no, there's no TV on there Oh, either. my. Like, I started. <laughs> the only thing I can do to get through cardio now, I, I watch fights. Yeah. So I watch fights for, like, research purposes. Yeah. And that allows the 20, either 20 or 30 to go by pretty quickly. Yeah, same. Um, I usually watch just like uh, Sports Center or whatever on there. You know, music. actually, it was uh, back to that point about we were talking about, um, you know, that discipline factor. I remember, you know, kind of touching back to football too. I remember the decision when I switched, like when I first absorbed that mentality into myself, you know, that like, the, I don't think I was a disciplined person. And I, I don't think I, I am unless I really have to be. If I can yeah. really, if I have to psychoanalyze myself. You like to toe the line a little bit? Huh? You like to toe the line a little bit if you need to? No, I, I again, I, I, I like to think I know myself pretty decently. I think I am a uh, chronic procrastinator. Yeah. Um, but I'm very good at it. <laughs> and so kind of as a result, like if there isn't a consequence, like I like that I have a, a motto. I have, I have never been late for anything. I mean, I'd be on time, but I've never been late for anything. So with that being said, if there are consequences, oh, I'm there with the time I needed to be. Right. But if it's a flexible start, then I may be, be there. Yeah, right. Sure. You know, like, so I've never been late to consequence, you know, five years, college, not once did I miss weights or was I late. So you know? I got one story a bit on that that we yeah. can finish up with. So first I went to Humboldt State. 
uh, fresh out of high school. Um, walk on was kind of just gonna try and play and. Just, Can we talk about someone we might know in common? Uh, maybe. Boggs. Uh, I know of him, but okay. I don't think he know. Like, yeah, he was there the year I was leaving. Gotcha. Um, and he's friends with a couple of my friends. Okay. Um, but actually, really weird. I saw him at the Phoenix Zoo a month or two ago. Oh, with the sun? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. I literally walked past him. I didn't say hi or anything because, like I said, I don't think he really knows me. But I was like. Same thing. I went to school here. Yeah. Like, I went to school. Oh, was he wearing something? Oh, yeah, yeah, No, yeah. I, I just recognized his face. But, oh, yeah. So, uh, show up at, um, at Humboldt. My parents gave me in the dorm early because of uh, football. We have uh, two days. Oh. And uh, we do our, like, dinner, whatever, um, like, intro. And uh, I, I thought I was under the assumption I paid for my, like, my – Basically, my tracksuit and cleats. That you know, the colors that the team are offering. I you buy those in advance. I was like, perfect. I'll pick them up when I get there. So I didn't bring any cleats. They're like, yeah, we're not gonna have the cleats for like another two or three weeks when the season starts. I'm like, wait, what? I don't have any cleats. <laughs> and so, what, what? Who messed that up? Uh, it's not. That's not important. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have any cleats. So literally, my parents. I mean, it, it's the, as far north as you can go in California oh, yeah. before Oregon, and we drove up there <laughs> so they could take all my stuff. Yeah, and so they were literally on their way out of town, and I'm like, "Hey, can you stop at like Big Five and give me some cleats?" Go straight to the Nike. I have no, cheap at that point. I have no, yeah, I have no <laughs> cleats. So, anyways, uh, they run back after the the dinner. I got the cleats, you know, go to bed, whatever. So we have like a meeting first thing in the morning at like six thirty. And anxiety. I know. So it's the worst. I'm always, maybe not up to that, but after this for sure, um, always a on time early person. Sure. I wake up. The class was at six thirty. I woke up at six (laughs) thirty five, and I was probably like a quarter mile. My room was a quarter mile from the auditorium. And I was in a full sprint, just like getting over there. The whole auditorium was full of the football players. And I walk in literally at the bottom level. And the coach just goes, just, yeah, sit right up front. And I was like, oh. And luckily, he was super cool about it because I was, like, literally fresh 18, living outside of home. But that was how I started my measly Humboldt State career. All right. I'll share mine in there because I think I had to be. So... I show up to WT uh, in what I would find out to be the eighth rated of nine of the nine linemen. Okay. So real quick too, you know, as a D two school, you you kind of recruit in bulk. Yeah. And so my the signing class seventy two strong. Dang. The national letters. That's not including walk on. Dang. So it's a farm, right? So we show up. I have orientation uh, the first day. The second day I have orientation though. Because uh, it's The second day is also the first day of practice. Okay. And so they overlap. And so I have to hightail it from getting like my schedule and stuff done. Hustle over to practice. I get there. I by the time I change, I get out to practice. There are two plays left amongst the freshmen. Oh. And so coach is like, get in. So I, I hop in there, playing right guard. And I'll never forget it. Some random pass play. And you know, you know what it's like. 50% amongst when you get there is just, we're going full speed. Yeah. You know? And so, for sure. Buddy comes off the, uh, his name's Jacob Hanna. I'll never forget it. Comes blitzing off the edge, 
head helmet down, hits me square in the shoulder, dislocates my shoulder <laughs> on the very first play. Oh, and man. so I like I come out obviously to find out I have a sublux. Um, go get it treated, and then they're like, "Oh, before you get it treated, though, uh, you still got to do your run test." I hadn't done the <laughs> I hadn't done the conditioning no test yet, right? And so I go straight over to uh, the conditioning test. Shoulders are like my, my arm hurts. Yeah. You know? uh, and I do the run test. Now, our run test is a 300 shuttle, right? Okay. So five 60 yard increments, minute rest. You get a minute, then a minute rest, and then do it again. Okay. Sounds easy. It's not. I yeah. passed it one time in college. <laughs> so foreshadowing, it was not this one. <laughs> uh, so. I, I blazed through the first one, like Speed McQueen. I think I did like 53, right? Okay. Like, come rolling through, thinking I'm in shape. Chief, I hit the third turn on that second one. Come crossing at like the 87 mark, right? Oh, like a man. minute 27. And for some reason, that fail was counted with the people who had already failed. Okay. And so they're down on the next field doing makeup conditioning. And so I had to go join the makeup conditioning after dying from doing the run the test. Initial conditioning. Because I'm now in the failed category. But I didn't fail twice. I just failed once. They failed twice. Because they failed with me, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. They failed earlier in the day and they did it yesterday because day one was the run test only. Day okay. two was practice. So when I showed up to do what was day two of practice, that yeah. was my first run test. <laughs> but I got lumped in with everyone else. So then so I go from doing mess my shoulder up. Fail the run test miserably, and I immediately have to go do 10 uh, gassers. Oh, with eight gassers. The closest I've ever been to quitting anything in my life. <laughs> I, 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 I quit like, like legitimately on like the eighth one. Yeah. Because I just didn't know when the end was. I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to die here. Dude, I, conditioning is the worst. Uh, I, like, whenever we would, I just, yeah, we'd run, you're like, I'm not going to get up and turn around. I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> right, right, right. Just somehow manage to do it. Every yeah. time. I get it's anxiety still. <laughs> like, fresh cut grass still gives me anxiety. I love that smell, though. What? No, I, I honestly can only think about the spring conditioning. And I just picture. I played on a lot of turf, though. I didn't play on a lot of grass. I played on grass. Uh, I went to an so- up to my sophomore year, so. We so were on turf afterwards. Well, we played on turf, but just on campus. And it's an A&M school, so the. The grass is pristine and well taken care of. Oh, yeah. So it is being cut and smells like it smells like two a days at all oh, times. Man. The text. <laughs> I smell the inside of my home right now. Right. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, we've kind of gone over <clears throat> the time, but that's all right. We are in great conversation. No, so man, we, can, we can continue going, but uh, over the hour mark. So, uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to share, promote? Uh, no, 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 I mean, no. I, thanks for having me. You know, I uh, I probably rambled incoherently. So I told you initially, I had, <clears throat> I said, think of a, a history, what your favorite part of history was, and I didn't even get to ask you that question. So in oh, like yeah. a, a minute, a minute span, what okay. would you say your favorite history, maybe part? I'll give you, I'll give you two. Period. One, one that I've been thinking about just today. Um, I've been looking a lot into. Uh, uh, reconstruction okay. and how we folded the South back into American society following the Civil War. Okay. I think it's very insightful on how you get polarized societies to 
Recall, you know, we yeah, it's, it's, it's very such relevant. an interesting topic. It's, well, it's very relevant, I think, to the day, right? I yeah, think we're, we're at a I think we're, we're polarization isn't a problem, but irrationality and the ability to see the merits of your opposition is a problem, right? And I think we're at a state where if you dehumanize the other point of view and you just dismiss it, right, it pulls even further apart. And now it's becoming that if I'm wrong or if you're the end, it's like an enemy, right? right? And so how do we return and undo that? And so I'm just looking at places in history where, you know, um, polarized factions had to come had to together. Figure it out, right? right? Um, but I'll tell you my favorite person in all of history that I've been really, I, I won't say my favorite person, because I'm the most fascinated with lately. Um, Fritz Haber. I have no idea who that is. A lot of people don't. <laughs> he, is, he is probably responsible <clears throat> for the most life in the human history and the most death in human history. Okay. Um, Fritz Haber was a German chemist um, who was an expert on nitrogen fixing. Okay. And uh, in the process of him learning how nitrogen works, he learned how to stabilize the nitrogen, uh, basically nitrogen stabilization, which allowed for modern agriculture. Up until about the 1910s or so, okay. uh, bat guano was <laughs> the number one source for nitrogen, which is used in agriculture. Right. And I don't know if you know this. It's all Ace Ventura. Yes, but... Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, it's the only time you um, ever hear bat guano. And so, <laughs> and so that's why you chuckled. Sorry, man. That's great. Sorry. I've actually never seen an Ace Ventura movie. What? Yeah. My I, wife I, hates them. But I, don't I, find one physical, of my I don't find physical comedy. But I find Jim Carrey funny. I do, but not physical comedy. Okay. I think if you have to animate it, it's not really that funny. Sure. Um, anyway, I agree or disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Fritz, um, he, he works on nitrogen fixing. In the process, he discovers that under certain elements, and or under certain conditions, I don't want to say elements, under certain conditions, you can recreate nitrogen for fertilization purposes. Yeah. And so... Before it took X amount of people, X amount of space to make X amount of food for X amount of people, the yield was more even. Yeah. And this in creation allowed like a huge discrepancy and it allowed modernization to the scale we see today. Okay. So uh, it allowed people to leave the farms for the first time. It allowed people to be able to produce food on a mass level. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why you've seen the population boom has really only been the last. 150 years yeah. because we didn't have the infrastructure to support it globally, right? But here's why I think it's fascinating. He didn't actually mean to do that. Fritz was simply looking for ways to make better bombs for the German army. I was going to say I had to tie it to that yeah. somehow. And so he was trying to figure out how to get a steady supply of nitrogen for explosives and in the process and which is why it's called the Fritz Haber process to create nitrogen fixing. Yeah. Because Haber, or, um, uh, yeah, Haber, the other, I'm sorry, uh, it's the Haber Bosch process. Bosch was the second guy who really finalized the, you know, the whole food part. Mm-hmm. Fritz took his attention back to building bombs. He would go on to create Zyklon A, which would then go on to be the predecessor for Zyklon B, which was the gas used in, uh, Tests, yeah. yeah, he would be using a bit of that. He also, Damn. he also, um, 
And he, he was the first to use chlorine gas in World War One. He oversaw the invention of mustard gas later in the war. Damn. He was just a bad man who was very, very, very... And here's the, here's the, it's going to get very morbid here in a second, but upon returning from overseeing a chemical warfare attack in World War One, he returned home to a dinner party to celebrate the new German victory, yeah. in which he was approached by his wife and told that she did not agree with his use of chemistry to kill and to be destructive, and that it was either her or the German army. He chose the latter. She then killed herself. Damn. The next day, he went to see a, a gas attack on the Russian front. And so I find him fascinating because a man who, depending on who you are, yeah. you either know him as a dude who has allowed for 7 billion people to live on Earth, right? or you see him as a maniacal person that's killed millions and allowed the Nazi war machine to march on. Right? Dang. And I think it's just a, a nice little insight into... The pole that like the dichotomy that can exist within two within one person, right? right? You can simultaneously be pure evil, but under the belief that you're doing what is right and just. Yeah. Because he had to you have to yeah, convince yourself that you you know a lot of those people, I mean, I'm sure that part of it well, I'd say the higher ups probably thinking that like, yeah, they, this is right. But yeah, you have yeah, you you know, the world of hell is paved with good intentions, right? Right. And so if you allow that warp, it gets warped over time to where, well, I had to, you know, it's not to kill them. It's, it's to protect us to win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You corrupt that idea in your mind. Such a crazy yeah. thought. But. All right. Well, history with Craig. That's going to be a feature. Sorry, it went dark. That was a crazy story, though. Yeah, crazy. yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on episode six. Uh, Craig, you had a great time. Craig, thank, thank you for joining. Oh, I appreciate okay. it. All right, guys. See you later.